David Hyde Pierce was involved in Abe Sapienism. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. Check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you should check out the newest addition to the Phantom Podcast family, uh, the show called From My Parents' Basement. These guys are a ton of fun. They talk booze. They talk heavy metal. They talk horror in the world, horror news. Great show. Listen to it. Um, for now, though, you're here with us. I'm Jack, and sitting right is Jake. Reality's not what it used to be, Jack. And not sitting next to Jake is another guy who isn't capable of anything beyond dipping his husband's dentures in beer. Uh, Mark, because why? Jake, why isn't Mark here? Uh, he's in the tropics somewhere. I just kind of assumed he's living out the movie Bite. Yeah. He's had a fantasy yeah. with that movie. Just this fixation. Pay, pay close attention to him next week and see if he sounds different or off or anything weird like that, because... I think something's happened. Oh, I anticipate it. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 1994's In the Mouth of Madness, or I guess I could say uh, John Carpenter's colon In the Mouth of Madness, uh, which was recommended to us by fellow Phantom Podcast Network show and fucking cool program, Death Dying and Other Things. Uh, we'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun, and when we do, we're going to spoil the shit out of it, so shit. fair warning on that. Right but out of it. But first... We've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Jake, let's. what are your beers for these fears? My beers are a Narragansett local American brewery neighbor. They make okay. a series of beers called the Lovecraft series because they're from Providence and HP Lovecraft is Providence. So I've been told um, the one I am drinking is Narragansett's Lovecraft series white IPA white ship. Nice. It's a beer. This is a Lovecraftian horror film. Feel like it fits. I'm back on the winning side of the ball, Jack. I like it. Yeah, that's pretty good. What about you? Um, I went uh, above and beyond this week. I got myself a beer that I am don't like, and I didn't think I was going to like. Above drinking. and beyond. That's born born out. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I win, but I I didn't just pick something and try to cram it in. I got a a bomber of insanity, um, which is by Weyerbacher. Yeah. I think they're a, they're a Pennsylvania brewery. Uh, originally, I think what happens here is that this is a barley wine mm -hmm. uh, called Blithering Idiot that they then age in whiskey barrels uh, and it becomes insanity. Got so, it. Got it. So this is Blithering hefty. Idiot aged in a, a, a barrel. Barrel aged yep, Blithering insanity. Idiot. Yep. I actually saw um, that as I was getting my beer and was like, maybe I should. No, I'm going near cancer. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. I don't like it. So I'm going to drink it fast and move on to something else. Well, you will also get hammered faster that way because it's got to be like 12%. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's around eleven point one says the bottle here. So good that's, for it. That's something. Yeah, um, but it being the first of the month, <laughs> it's around eleven point one. It's close to it. I don't. Oh I don't God. imagine those are. Yeah, spot let's on round. Numbers. Let's round to eleven point one. Somewhere <laughs> actually, in those parts. Yeah, it's actually eight. You know, statistically significant decimal places on the bottle, but you know, mm -hmm. doing them a favor, rounding up. It's pithier. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, it's the start of the month. When it's this December. It's released. Yeah, that means it's time for us to uh, round up all the movies that are coming out over the course of the next month. Over at a to z horror with a hyphen dot com, we're going to hit you up with every movie we found that's coming out in December. Mm -hmm. But here, uh, what? We're just going to talk about a few, right? Noteworthy ones, top one, bottom one, maybe a Dark Horse pick. That is what we do. 
All right. Uh, why don't we start with our bottom ones this week? So you're Jake, get what's your worst to better? Let's do worst to better. What are, what are you least excited for uh, coming out in December? Sure. From uh, the trailer. Can I just give it to the month of December? Yeah, man. We're the the year, stinks. man. Going out with a whimper, huh? Yeah. I'm not Jesus. excited for much this month, to be honest with you. But uh, if I had to single one out, I'm going to go with... <laughs> there were two sleep paralysis themed, or at least sleep paralysis adjacent horror <laughs> movies this month. Yeah. And... I'm going to go with the one that is more forgettable and seems like a poor quality film. This was towing <laughs> that line of like, I don't really want to give it credit with this award, this demerit, sure. but I'm going to go ahead and do it. This is the spiritualist. Like I said, two of these coming out this month, pop the one with lower quality here, and I'm just going to call it a day slash year. Move on. It's an interesting pick because uh, I myself chose the other of the two sleep paralysis <laughs> movies coming out this month. A to Z uh, the other being... does not advocate sleep paralysis themed horror. <laughs> I picked uh, Slumber is the other uh, sleep paralysis movie. Um, this just looks so fucking generic. Like, I don't know. It doesn't look all that bad, but it does look pretty boring. But there's a twist. Pretty generic. It oh, promises boy, a, twist. a twist. It's not sleep like, paralysis. I can't I can't even be all that excited about wondering whether they're going to experiment with hypnosil like the kids in the Friday the third <laughs> excuse me in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah. Because they keep talking about like don't you dare sleep. So Yeah. You know. Because and full disclosure, some of this might be on me. Jake, I think you're actually in the same boat. I might just be bitter. Uh in college I was rejected oh, the sleep from tests. a paid uh yeah, sleep uh wacky yeah. sleep experiment because left handed. The world's yeah. fucking prejudiced. Man. I was ready. My body was ready. And they just. Ah, man, I was ready for that 45 us. bucks for a week's worth of work or whatever it was. Yeah, I think now's the time. We need to file a formal complaint. We've waited too long. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. They we'll probably see. aren't around anymore. Either way, whether or not I'm bitter or it is just that generic, I'm not excited um, yeah. to see slumber. Now, Mark left us some notes here. Oh, good. They're. I'm assuming <laughs> they're just in, incomprehensible. They're not super comprehensible, Great. but he did actually list a bottom one, so mm. that's promising. What did he anyway. give it? What, which one? He gave it to Unseen. Okay, tell me about Unseen. So this movie is the one where uh, it looks like a couple's uh, child dies and the wife starts experiencing panic attacks. That's what um, I'm led to believe. She sees him when he's not there? Yeah. Is that is that what I'm gathering? And then the yeah, husband like one... starts hearing him, but he's not there? I don't know. It's just like a whole bunch of no idea looks... what's going on here. It looks so forgettable. Yeah. Like, just come and go. I, uh, frankly, yeah, it made almost no sense, and I didn't care to try to figure out what was happening. As far as the list is concerned for right now, this is the last horror movie coming out this year, and I'm just going to let it come and let it go, and hopefully there's something Yeah, hopefully there's some stuff we've missed or some stuff that will be listed soon. It's oh, not there will be. The 30th. As there we, will be. Uh, <laughs> so, but either way, I can respect that as a bottom one pick from Mark. It doesn't sure. look that great. And the trailer is chock full of, we're going to blur things and shake the camera to simulate a panic attack. Which yeah. looks overused didn't, in the trailer alone. Didn't love it. I think that's part of that disorientation was part of what just made there was too much focus on that so it made it impossible impossible for me to kind of figure out what else was happening yeah wasn't gonna try that hard there's a trailer (laughs) all right let's start trending upwards what is your dark horse pick dark horse pick so there's again kind of a tough one because i don't feel like the month's bench is particularly deep what i'm gonna do here is there was only one or i should say is uh, the time you hear this, it won't be out yet. There's only one holiday slash Christmas themed horror movie 
that we've been able to see that's coming out this month. I'm not particularly excited for it. It doesn't look like the worst thing that's ever happened either, though. Just kind of a crazy rogue dude in a Santa outfit with a crazy rogue Mrs. Claus tagging along, doing bad shit to people in New York State. Kind of basic concept, (laughs) but when you're the only Christmas-themed horror movie coming out in the month of December, that's enough with the rest of everything around it for me to give you this kind of like, I don't know... Now I might, it might check be you out, just, sort of uh, tentative, tenuous, recommend. It's, might ho- be it's, that Halloween. it's holiday horror, not Halloween. Yeah. Holiday. M- might be that I tuned you out, but it might also be that you're just a fucking idiot. Did you say the title of the movie? No, not movie? yet. Nope, nope, didn't say it. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It's the, it's the holiday one. Once Upon a Time at Christmas is the name. Yeah. That's, a, that's an important note. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this one, I mean, it certainly doesn't look bad. I will say, didn't know I had a thing for Mrs. Claus. Yeah. So, learn something new every day. She does okay. Um. Yeah, that was that was interesting. It's a new fetish or something. Um, <laughs> uh, with this one though, like it, it does look like a pretty decent holiday horror movie. I'm sure I'll get to it, but I will say that I'm definitely going to watch Better Watch Out at least one more time before I dive into this one. Sure. I mean, like I said, really the only reason the is that it's holiday during the peak holiday season. Like you're going to be sitting at home wondering what to do with yourself while you're you know, sick of hanging out with your family and not wanting to spend any more time with them. So if nothing else, this will be a new release that you can check out that's somewhat thematic, I guess. Absolutely. So, you know, that's not a bad uh, Dark Horse pick. I'm going to go with my backup Dark Horse pick because it looks Whoa, like you from Mark's two? notes here, he picked the same one oh, as me. Just talk about them both so, then. Don't yeah, give Mark any yeah, yeah. credit. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, my first Dark Horse pick is Kaleidoscope. Yeah, okay. Seems artsy. Which it's... Yeah, it does seem really artsy, and frankly, my interest in this movie, I think, is stemming solely from the cinematography, which, it looks really goddamn cool. Every shot is framed such that it looks like parts of it could be a kaleidoscope. Every single shot in the trailer. It's really weird. This is a weird one for me, because when I first watched the trailer, and I'm not paying super close attention to it on that pass, there's a lot that this trailer does that poor horror movies trailers do. It's kind of a weird sentence, but there are a lot of shots that are happening in this where not a lot is happening until you really sit there and look at them and you realize that they're extremely intricate. And like you said, they kind of have that kaleidoscopic effect. Yeah, that started to bump it up the ladder a little bit. And then Toby Jones is in it. So it's not bottom barrel (laughs) shit here. No, no, it's just really artsy. Basic premise of this one is what a lonely guy ends up accidentally killing a prostitute. Oh, who knows? Goes off the deep end. Well, it could honestly just be he's always been insane and any number of things are happening. Yeah. This could be about almost anything and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not that worried about the plot of this one. Like you said, this one's for the cinematography. It might just be enough to sustain the whole thing by itself. Who knows? Watch this be like the best plot of the year. It's going to be like some deep existential thing. (laughs) Pretty excited. I'm not worried about the plot. (laughs) Now, the other one uh, that I picked that Mark actually picked as his uh, Dark Horse, I I did too, is uh, a little movie called (laughs) K-Shop. Okay. <laughs> Which kebabs. is a movie about a, a kebab shop, yeah, that uh, what is uh, ends up killing people and turning them into kebabs. Yeah, the kebab shop does. It's like Little Shop of yeah. Horrors, but with meat. <laughs> yeah. No, or, the dude uh, in the Todd. kebab shop. Important distinction. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it seems really British. They, they, they own a kebab shop. And what I found kind of interesting about this one is that maybe, just maybe, with a different name, different poster... Just the first 30 seconds of the trailer, maybe a teaser of that alone. That's all that exists, and then they show this movie. 
they could huh. potentially have caught some people in an audition type situation. Oh, totally. Because it's, like it's like this father son dynamic. Drunk assholes come in and like start a fight, and like the dad dies. There's even that yeah. vaguely Mediterranean background music that I remember from a lot of movies. The one that's popping into my mind right now is Gladiator. It feels okay. very drama. And then the second half of the trailer happens, and he's like shoving people's faces <laughs> in fryers and then cutting them up and making kebabs out of their meat and feeding it to people. Yeah, man. Now, are you like me? This doesn't have anything to do with the movie. Oh, okay. Whenever I hear the word kebab, I can't. I just immediately start singing "The Most Beautiful Girl in the Room" by Flight of the Concords. I'm not like you. Are you aware of this? Yeah. Okay. There's a part of that song where he says, "I'd like to buy you." Well, first off, he says they say kebab. Oh, they, they, that's just the, how they print kebab. Yeah. There's a part of it where he says, "I'd like to <laughs> buy you a kebab," and then I can't believe that I'm eating a kebab with the most beautiful girl I've ever seen eating a kebab. I'll buy you a kebab. I can't believe. Now, is that the official Kiwi pronunciation? Ever. I can't recall. I, it's not how my wife pronounces it, okay. so I don't know. Huh. Um, but I, I couldn't pay that, all that much attention to this trailer because I was too busy singing the Flight of the Concord song. Um, I it's assume that same thing will happen for the movie. <laughs> I'm a professional. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Top one. Ooh. Um, I can't imagine any of the three of us deviated here. I know Mark and I didn't deviate. Well, we Jake, didn't. What's your top one? We didn't. Uh, in a month that rides super shallow, let's just go with the one. <sighs> Let me take a step back. I feel like a lot of people aren't even going to think this is horror, but if you say that, fuck you. You're wrong. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the Shape of Water is well, a you're wrong. It doesn't matter. Joint. Two very different things. You're wrong. It also, I don't think, matters, because what this is going to be is primarily a drama. We know that there's going to be some romance involved, but it's Del Toro. We know that he has great appreciation for and genius that stems from a love for the genre, and it involves a creature from the Black Lagoon type character right in the center. Yeah. Uh, so this is going straight the- back to the golden age of horror, straight back to it, even yes. though uh, it may not be a particular application of... I don't know, the modern sensibilities of the genre, it's going to be totally applicable, in my opinion. Yeah, and Del Toro has a good mastery of horror, uh, certain aspects of it, so he'll definitely play with that. Um, it doesn't. It looks less like a creature from the Black Lagoon to me, and more like Abe Sapien from the Hellboy well, movies. Well, the same guy. It's David Hyde Pierce? Uh, that's not who it's played Niles. him, is it? it? He played him in one of the two uh, Hellboys. I'm pretty uh, sure. Different guy mm, no, different guy. Okay. It's the guy who played him in the other one. I can't remember which one Niles was in. It's, um, uh, it's, what's his name? It's, um, Doug Jones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played him in the other Hellboy Okay, movie. so great. I can't remember which one's which, but, um. He, to me, he, he is Abe Sabian. He, I think he played him in all of them, dude. David Hyde Pierce was involved in Abe Sapienism. I don't understand. I'm not going to bet you on this because I still have to watch the last movie that I lost a bet about. But (laughs) I feel like I want to bet for the record. So after a little bit of research here, it it appears that uh, David Hyde Pierce voiced Abe Sapien in the original Hellboy. um, Even though Doug Jones played him and then David Hyde Pierce didn't want to take credit for it because the the physical work of Doug Jones uh, was the embodiment of the role. So is that true? Good man. That's what I'm reading here on IMDb. And it makes oh, sense, because David Hyde Pierce seems like a good man. 
Yeah, wait until like next week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hmm? All right. Um, not much else to say about that. I will say that it doesn't look all that scary, but... No, it's not going to be scary. It's not going to be horror, but it has many, significant uh, horror uh, roots. Uh, 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 many of the video games I played in my youth were not horror video games, were not designed to be scary, and the underwater levels fucking terrified me regardless. So, <laughs> Okay, validated. <laughs> Jack's younger self will come out. I, I, parts, scenes of this made me feel like playing the underwater levels of Super Mario World, and that's scary shit. The other thing is this might be the only Creature from the Black Lagoon movie you get, because the whole Dark Universe thing, shuttered, gone. <laughs> that's not happening yeah, anymore, because no they make terrible <laughs> shit like the mummy. So, <laughs> catch it while you can, I guess. And this would have been better than that I had a chance to be anyway, I think. They would have done something totally. stupid with it. Go with yep. Guillermo. Go with Guillermo, and go with God. That's Feature as good a place to leave as anyway. Anyway, <laughs> that's not even a time. I related time to a non-temporal thing. Yeah, it's time to start. Good work. Yep. <laughs> Over at AtoZHorror.com this week, we watched 1994's In the Mouth of Madness, also billed as John Carpenter's colon In the Mouth of Madness, which is confusing because there shouldn't be a possessive and then a colon. I have an impossible time with this title. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also confusing because I thought it was At the Mouth of Madness because At uh, the Mountains of Madness. I know. All, all sorts we should of just workshop shit. some yeah. other titles. Adjacent <laughs> well, to the Jowls of Lunacy. We can... <laughs> Jesus. And this one came to us uh, via recommendation from Death, Dying, and Other Things. Really cool podcast. So, Jake, now ordinarily on the show, before we dove any deeper, the person who picked this movie yeah. would do a 30-second plot synopsis. Nobody really picked this movie. It kind of just worked out that we had one recommendation left. So, what, no plot synopsis, I guess? No. Come on, fearless leader. Oh, fuck 30 me. seconds around the goddamn clock, Jack. That's <laughs> on me. Oh, yeah, this you're doing one. it. You're doing it. Oh, Jesus. Have fun. It's going to start when you start. Sam Neal's in an insane asylum. Charlton Heston comes in to talk to him. He starts telling him a story about how he used to be an insurance investigator for book companies, I guess. This book company uh, had a guy, uh, Sutter Kane, not Kane Hodder, as an author who's like an H.P. Lovecraft type who writes books. Uh, but he went missing and took his manuscript with him. They want this insurance guy to go find him or find the manuscript to save them money. This guy pieces together this guy's past books for a map uh, to go to New Hampshire to find out this fictional town that isn't supposed to be there. That's the setting of all of his books. When he gets there, all sorts of crazy shit starts happening he realizes time. he's just a character oh, i didn't even get you got anywhere you got like halfway through it timeline wise but you spent so much time on the fact that charlton heston and sam neill were in this movie that you well, didn't sam even Neil's give yourself a chance but charlton heston's <laughs> in the movie i mean i spent on. too much time on him assembling the map i think uh, you spent too much time on a lot of things we all make mistakes so you want to finish <laughs> it off there I'll, I'll finish it off uh turns out he's a character in this movie he meets sutter kane uh, who tells him he's a character in this movie. He doesn't want to believe it. He starts to go crazy. Then, what? He jumps out of a hole in a giant book through reality back to not this crazy fictional town. And turns out great. he already gave him the manuscript months ago unbeknownst to him. And there's already a movie out about this book. And it's making everybody crazy and killing each other and ending the world. Also, listener, this is entirely delivered via flashback, so any of this may or may not have happened because he's in a loony bin when he's recounting all of this. Could just be the ramblings <laughs> of a madman. I don't know. Unclear. Oh, unclear. it's all unclear. That's the There's purpose. There's a lot going on here. 
there's a ton going on here. Yeah, it's a tough so, one. That's why I just kind of shoved really it over put, to you. threw me right under the bus there. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel that bad about fucking up. And we can go into all that real soon. But first, Jake, we got to figure out what in the fuck subgenre of horror this movie fits into. Sure. So toss me a subgenre. I mean, psychological. You? It's like, <laughs> how about you toss me one, Jack? Let's do it that way. Um, yeah. Maybe supernatural. Maybe. Maybe vaguely supernatural. There may be monsters involved. Maybe. They say monster a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything else. No, nothing else. kind of just psychological. Someone right now is yelling into their headset. They've taken it (laughs) off and they're just like, these fucking idiots. I imagine that's uh, how most of our episodes go, though, so they should be used to that by now. I can't think of anything else. I really can't. Nope. Got nothing else. Okay, great. Definitive. Awesome. Nailed it. So what what is your history with this particular movie? Uh, I saw it in college. Okay. Uh, don't rem- I remember watching it. I don't remember. I don't think I paid that much attention because I have a lot more thoughts this time around than I okay. remember having thoughts about this movie. Okay. I. You? <laughs> yeah, I, I I cannot remember when I saw it. I I, okay. I saw it at some point in my life. <laughs> Don't have any sure. idea when. I could have been seven years old. I could have been 17 years old. Sounds like you feel almost exactly the same way I do. About could have been like, 27 years old. I don't fucking know. Like, literally at any point in my life, I could have seen well, this. Wouldn't make a difference. I don't think you saw it this year. I'm not 27. Oh. Last year. Yeah, you have no idea how old we are, Jack. No, I don't. Oh, We're my God. somewhere between 25 and 35. Yes, that's accurate. That's as far <laughs> as I'm willing to go on that subject. <laughs> Um, so I can't even really say what my feelings were on it other than that I knew it was Lovecraftian in nature because, let's face it, the title. Do you have a general rem- memory of liking it or not? I knew Sam Neill was in it, and I like almost anything with him in it. Well, so, Sam Neill rules. That was all that was I get. That's it. <laughs> I think that I had a vaguely uh, positive viewpoint of this film. Interesting. Okay. Don't give me um, that. I don't think there's any chance Mark had seen this before. Although it is a '90s horror movie. Yeah, I don't. I would so. not say that. I, I feel like and this is Sam way Neil, up his alley. You know what? Yeah, I, think I feel like there's Mark no chance he hadn't seen this, seen this movie. Yeah, that's probably more. His accurate. blind spots are bizarre, and his things that he has seen <laughs> that you shouldn't have are even more bizarre. Yeah. And to be honest, like I don't really think that this is a movie that should be something that you haven't seen. That's a terrible sentence. I feel like wow. most. I feel like more often than not, a horror fan will have seen this movie. It fits into that weird, That's... like, John Carpenter makes movies, and we all love John Carpenter because John Carpenter things. Yeah. It fits in oh, there. So like, horror I... fans have seen this movie. People who are more or less, like, popcorn fringy, probably not, but... Yeah, it didn't do well at the box office. No, it barely, it barely made, its, made money its money back. Yeah, it was like 8 mil. Yeah. 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 Not good. Not good. Well... We can, we can dissect why it didn't do so well in the What It Did Wrong segment, but first, sure. Jake, what did the movie do right? What'd you like about this thing? I actually think that it did a lot of things right. Um, okay. First and foremost, I'm just going to go with the concept. It's a very difficult one to execute, and it's kind of a risk. But creating a mindfuck horror movie is a proposition that, generally speaking, I am on board with and that hits me well because of the general vagueness of it. I think that it yep. did that really well, actually. Uh, if you get really into the weeds, it kind of gets weird. But like I was saying when we were talking about the plot synopsis, you jump right into Sam being led into that Looney Bin's padded cage and 
starts telling a story and at that point it's kind of like all out the window it could be anything is happening and anything could happen you kind of get that impression i like that about the movie i really do okay i i see what you're saying and i agree i like the concept of it and i think it does a pretty good job with that but something about this particular kind of movie there's something so 90s about this movie and many movies like it the performances and the dialogue and the way they cut in like other sam neill horror movies maybe from the 90s yeah that kind of event horizon yeah i know yeah that is so noticeable to me that i can't it's well this is a spoiler for my immersion score i have a hard time like getting that drawn in and when you're exclusively a mindfuck movie that that's really hard I guess. I mean, I think the other thing that it does well, and I'm still fitting this in with concept, is it's also kind of ballsy to try to take a very Lovecraftian approach to a movie because the Lovecraft Lovecraft is all about like the unfathomable. How do you put that to screen, right? And let's think about movies that do totally. fit into that cosmic horror sort of thing. How many there do it well? Many. How many do it well? Not not that many. How many do it better than this? But well, here's the thing. Do, this doesn't really do the Lovecraftian thing all that much. This is just a movie Jack. about a Lovecraftian figure. I don't think... I think this is much more a movie about Lovecraft than this is a movie inspired by any of Lovecraft's works. I can, now, Okay, I can kind of buy that. I mean, this is definitely like a Lovecraft exists and he does certain things and King exists and he does certain things, King being much more on the nose than it is right. like this is a Lovecraftian story. But totally. the elements are still there, and I actually think that that's probably another thing executionally that it does well, because you have the concept, and if you tried to go and you tried to make a Lovecraftian movie, like if you tried to do a book adaptation, how? I, I, I think, look, I think you'd have to go a lot more towards what Black Mountainside did at its best, right? Which is where you still. can be hearing things and starting to go crazy, maybe seeing things off in the distance. You can never probably just full-on reveal what's going on. Giant tentacle uh, beasts. Done. Yeah. But e- but even that, I mean, I, I don't know if you'd want to do that, right? It's it's a very delicate balance that you have to strike. And I think that this probably this probably goes in the right direction of that line because you can't hmm. just jump right in. It'd be very I think it'd be very difficult to do, and it does what it does set out to do pretty well overall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lovecraft is one of my favorite authors, and At the Mountains of Madness is actually my favorite book, even though it's a novella, but that's fine. Um, so, I mean, this is nothing like that. Well, so did you walk into this with the expectation that it would basically be an adaptation of that because the title is so similar, or no? I think... We're kind of going back to first time one. viewing, I guess. Yeah, I think I think it was subconscious in there, and I still had a hard time extra... This view, absolutely not, mm-hmm. no, because I vaguely knew, you know, but... I think it's subconsciously in there and hard to get rid of. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 right there. The name is basically the same thing as the name of a of a Stephen King or a Stephen King, an H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> book. Um, but like we said, the the title of this movie is already impossible. So, oh well. Yeah. Another thing that I yeah. think that it did right is, by and large, I thought the scares in this movie were pretty good. Yeah, there were multiple that. scares that I thought were really well executed. The one that jumps out to me is is the most memorable, at least on this viewing, was the jump scare with the cop, where it kind of did the Inception style, like dream within a dream, like where he woke yeah. up and then it was like, 
multiple layers of waking up uh that got me i don't remember that they did that all. a couple of times too because yeah, later on when yeah when uh kane hotter fuck <laughs> sutter yes. kane jesus christ that's hard to do um when sutter kane um is like talking to him when he's on the bus right he falls asleep on the bus yeah sutter kane is talking to him then he wakes up and it's all blue yep. he starts screaming he wakes up again yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's like how many layers deep can you go yeah, I love the it. scares are interesting because they're they're all I mean, they're going all out for all these scares. And I like that they do that. They don't all work for me. I don't love the Doberman one. The Doberman suck. Uh, yeah, that one was kind of lost aren't scary on me. at all. Right. No, Um. I also I didn't love I, I thought it was really cool. And it was just ruined by one little thing. The uh, the upside down crawling woman. Right. When she's in the car. Oh, I like that. It was goofy. It's the the mask she's wearing when her face is still upside down yeah. and she turns on around. It's like twice as big as her head was yeah, in the last Yeah, it's such scene. a weird it's... proportion and it's such like a static <laughs> clay mask that they just threw on like some contortionist butthole that like it makes no sense, <laughs> but it's great. Yeah. I loved oh, it. Oh god. So that could have been a cool scene. I didn't love that. It was but, a treasure. Uh, I don't know, Shut but... up. And that's kind of they do a good job with practical effects here. It's not they consistent. Do. But there are some really good practical effects and cool models and makeup. Oh, definitely. All of the eye stuff that took place, which all of the eyes, his favorite color was blue. Kane Hodder, Jack. His favorite color is blue. Thank you. Yeah. They should have just had Kane Hodder play him. Let's be real. That would have what been What was amazing. he doing that week? I don't know, man. Lifting weights? <laughs> Probably. Everyone's eyes were blue, like looking back on it, I guess. So that's that kind of a nice little touch, but to to the point that you were making, uh, the effects that took place with like the weird retina thing that was going on, where it's kind of like Venn diagram yeah. shaped. Yeah, I just describe everything in terms of Venn diagrams. Is how I roll. <laughs> that's what I bring to this podcast. Yeah, and and but but all the practical, I think, at least is cool and mm-hmm. like we said the, the one with the crawling woman doesn't it doesn't all work but i think it's all cool sure even some of uh, like the it. set design i think plays in to totally. that overall effect the the asylum at the start of the movie was a great fucking set i loved the whatever building they found for that was awesome um yeah man felt pretty oppressive it was an interesting shape and they had like a lot of cool shots that they set up to take advantage of that as well which led into the first jump scare which was kind of like it was a classic misdirection where it had your eyes tracking one way as it moved and like the hand came up on the glass from outside of the padded room. Uh, yeah. Really, really like classic scare mechanism there, but it worked really well. And the I think the environment played into that. So that was another good one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I like all that kind of stuff. And I agree with you about the story. I think overall that's that's really well done. What else we got? Um, I want to make mention of... This also, just because I don't know where else we'd put it, so I guess it's in the scare thing. Um, now you got me saying Kane Hunter, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's impossible. Sutter not Kane. To. The character's name is Sutter Kane, yes. and it's a horror movie. I can't do You're it. You're going to go to Kane Hunter, I can't man. do it. I'm so unprofessional. Sutter Kane's <laughs> agent, I guess. The dude with the axe at the start of the movie. Yeah, yes. Yeah, now, Kane I'm not saying it. that this is, like, the inspiration for it or anything like that, but I think it's worth mentioning that when I saw that shot happen where he's sitting, Sam is sitting in, I don't even, I'm not going to use his character name, fuck it. When Sam <laughs> is sitting in the diner. It's Sam Neill. Yeah. yeah. When he's sitting in the diner and Agent Mick, like, pig face with an axe <laughs> is starting to, like, walk across the street towards him, it does a very... 
it follows sort of thing where uh-huh. there is a static camera that's looking at the table of them having the conversation where he is just slowly walking across the street with the axe and things are happening. It doesn't go to the extent, obviously, because there are cutaways and there are things happening on the street and people are running and there's general mayhem. But sure. I think that that is one of those things where looking at it now, I'm like, huh, that has to be an inspiration. And it was done so well. You just watch it and there's tension and it's it's great. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And maybe to that point, I mean, maybe not. I, the, all of the homages to the horror realm and especially the horror author realm are awesome in this. Sure. Right. The all of... Uh, Sutter Kane's book titles, the map leading to a small town in New Hampshire that it turns out he was writing about consistently, right? This mm-hmm. one fictional town in the Northeast. That's Stephen King is always Dairy, Maine, right? Right. But, but that kind of thing. And just there's so many little attention to detail things about Stephen King and Lovecraft a little bit, a little bit less so. But he was there's a lot less famous stuff about Lovecraft, right? Because he was a weirdo in the 20s, mm-hmm. less is known. Mm-hmm. And. Frankly, a bit of a racist, but that's beside the point. What, yeah, we're not we're not getting into that right now. We're only talking about the man's writings and work. <laughs> but I thought that all those subtle little nods to horror world, like at writ large, world with a capital W, are okay. pretty cool. Yeah. Anything else for you? I'm I'm kind of starting to get to to where I'm getting into the middle and what it does wrong, and I'm judging by your tone, Jack, thinking you want to start to lay into a few things. Yep. <laughs> yes, I do. Hey, Jack, I have a question. Yeah, but What's the movie do wrong? For one thing, the, I talked about it earlier, the general 90s-ness of the movie. That's not, I, that's not I, a wrong I, thing. That's not a wrong thing. Let's be clear. Okay. okay. That's a you thing. Fine. I'll go with something else. Yes. Um, The fucking music. John Carpenter, you produced some of the most iconic horror scores and wrote and performed yourself ever in history. Dude, that song at the, the start during the the intro credits with bland, the books. generic, eh. electric guitar riff and drum machine rock. It's Bro, terrible. My my first note for this movie, you wanna know what that was? <laughs> yes, I do. Stellar opening track. <laughs> Book printing has never been so kick ass. Oh my god, it's terrible. What are you doing? Me or John them? Carpenter, oh. what were you doing? Jack, I liked it. It landed. Some I, people I can appreciate good it. rock music. <laughs> it's not good it's rock great. music. Name a more right. kick-ass book printing scene. Now, go. Do it. I can't. <laughs> great, I win. Something it does right, actually. <laughs> Boom. Next. Uh, Any more you brain go. Fuck, busters? I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you. You go. Oh, I have to like, I have to think, Jack, you got to get me into it. Um, (laughs) Honestly, one of mine, one of mine would be that I feel like this movie and maybe it's just the pacing of it. I'm going to say there's a general smush them together pacing length issue with this movie. Oh, yeah. You were kind of mentioning that it's the 90s, whatever that plays an effect into your level of immersion. But for me, this is a movie that just felt like it was a little bit too long. As you start After, getting into the layers of insanity, that's great. And I like that there is tension involved with that because you don't really know what's happening. And even later in the movie, there were scenes like the scene on the bus with the blue and the layers and being pulled out of it. Those were all cool. But there was some general nonsense here that could have been ripped out. And I don't think the movie would have been any worse for it. Stuff with there's the townspeople. Don't need all of it. Don't need all of the diner scenes with talking to the dude. You, you can just trim that down a little bit. And I think you're going to have a better product. You can cut the whole scene with the Dobermans. Yeah, you could. 
you can, you can also just replace him with a different dog. Be better. I stood up from this movie. I assumed it was about two hours. No, ninety-five feels way longer than it's it only is. ninety-five minutes. It is ninety-five minutes long. Okay, so it's not a length issue. It's got to be a pacing issue. Ninety-five yeah, is not and that's, too bad. That's like including the credits. It's ninety-five total minutes. Wow, I'm shocked. Yeah. Actually, it feels way longer. Okay, so I, I I take back the length statement. Sure, we're just gonna focus on pacing because okay. th- this could have yeah. easily been somewhere in the high eighties. Easily, totally. Just off the top of my head, I can think of like three or four scenes that just chop them, get them out. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> uh, another thing I don't love, we I brought it up during something it does right. I think a lot of the effects are good, okay, but they're pretty hit or miss. A lot of them just don't work. They're not well executed upon. They don't land. They don't look all that good in the end. Give me some examples. Um, so one is the crawling woman with the most obvious terrible fake <laughs> head mask thing. I love that. I've That's another thing it does right. Many of the transition scenes that have like or or background stuff of lightning or other crazy you don't know what's happening stuff is going on just look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was the cut I was watching. I watched this on Amazon. Yeah, but me too. The sound effects were consistently five times as loud as the dialogue. Oh, really? I could not hear them speak, and then my eardrums were getting blown out whenever anything In fairness, that could be your listening device of choice, because I have a particular sound set up with my big TV that is less than ideal right now. I need to fix it. It's that exact scenario. It sucks. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I watched it just on my computer uh, here. Uh, Nice big screen, though, and normal computer speakers. Most things don't seem to have that problem. This one did. Again, I don't know. Maybe it's the Amazon cut or something like that. Maybe that's not the original movie. Who knows? Okay. Um. That that kind of stuff, I I really disliked the final scene with Sutter Kane, where not the final scene with Sutter Kane, but where he's leaving the 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 fictional town, mm-hmm. right? And the portal opens, and the portal's made of a giant book with like blue and lightning in the background. Oh god, and those monsters flying! Can I interject? It. Yes. Okay, so this is one effect thing that it does do poorly: is the I'm Sutter Kane, and I'm gonna rip my face off into like paperback book infinity that effect looked <laughs> yeah. like god dog shit dude it's so terrible so all of a sudden so the effects, all like... of a sudden you just throw in some cg because it's like what are you gonna do right but you throw in some cg yeah. that just does it there's no way it's gonna look good and it's so jarring <laughs> because of the way this movie has gone up to that point yeah yeah, yeah. totally agree with that one um another thing i have is that now full disclosure this might be something they were trying to do, and it just didn't work for me at all. Okay. Look, looking back on it, maybe they're trying to make it seem weird and out of place, and like the town, you know, is is weird, and you don't know what's going on. But some of the dialogue and and performances are so stilted and strange and off putting, and it didn't. It are these like, like fringe character things, or did you have a problem with any of the main characters? So the main character, the character or actress's name, I cannot remember. The woman who's accompanying <laughs> him on the trip. Name. Okay. Um. The the woman from the the publishing yeah that's uh, um that's Linda sure <laughs> um, yep she it's runs important. into that like kid in the cemetery the whole bunch of kids or maybe not in the cemetery but the whole bunch of kids oh, yeah. one of whom she does not react nearly appropriately oh, I thought you were ta- she, about to talk shit about the child actress oh that too but the, but the, the, she just oh, that's a little bit weird. I should turn around and walk the other direction. Not like, I just saw a horrifying zombie child leading a pack of non-zombie children. The effects on that kid were pretty good. Those were pretty good. I liked those, yeah. 
And the kid said, Mommy's Day? Is it Mommy's Day? First off, if I just ran into any kid who said, is it Mommy's Day? That kid's probably a psychopath, and I'm calling the police. That's tell number one. 100%. And this kid also happened to look like a zombie. So there were Jack. There were so many instances here where the police would have been called if you were a rational human oh, being. Oh my god! The first and time another... I saw weirdo on the bicycle, I would have been like, "Police, <laughs> dial him up." <laughs> well, but also that one, they were clearly trying to evoke Friday the Thirteenth, right? And Ralph, it's the exact same kind of bike, and he's yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. imminent end of the so that kind of stuff's cool. But like, also another fringe one, but this one got me the most when. Sam Neill goes into the guy's house and his face is all slashed up and he's starting to put together that like this is all fucked up and not real and the guy says this was done by a five-year-old my five-year-old okay it's it's two different sentences that he forgot to add a period in the middle of like it should have been this was done by a five-year-old my five-year-old this was done by a five-year-old my five-year-old it's it I spent most of the movie thinking about that line. Wow. It was awful. Now, Jack, I can't remember it, but that might be speaking more towards my earlier complaint about pacing and my overall immersion in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Can't tell you which one. Sure. Uh, so just like that whole kind of thing. And that contributes to that kind of 90s-ness too. That kind of... Okay. I, I could see a world where they were trying to make it because all the characters in that era, right? Mm-hmm. Sam Neill doesn't really have any of those reactions necessarily. He does, but like less so. Um, all a, those characters are part of this fictional town. So yep. I could see Carpenter saying, no, we're trying to make it seem weird, but I think it would have been much more effective if those had been normal. <laughs> well, I think there are a lot of instances here where if you really start to kind of like peel back the layers of this like insanity universe i'm just making hand gestures that's helpful for the listener this this (laughs) whatever snow globe of insanity that they've created it starts to not make a lot of sense like i said earlier this whole thing is basically sam neill telling a story right yeah yeah how so where question where does (laughs) where do any of the scenes that he is not involved in come in what does he know about these? Has he just manufactured based on what he's been told? That that was another thing. How can, I, can I, we surmise I, that he has even been told all of these things? It's just That's just a filmmaking convenience, it seemed like. Yeah. Lazy. It did seem a little lazy. I don't know. Yeah. I, that, that's the sort of thing, though, that you, if you start thinking about this, more and more of those instances start to come out, and it becomes infuriating. So you just have yep. to trust yourself and let it all go, suspend your disbelief, and just kind of give in to the overall craziness that this thing is selling. You yeah, have to. It's hard you to have do. to. And honestly, like I wouldn't even have potted that as much in like what the movie does wrong as I would have like taken this to the nitpick station. But well, speaking of which, Jake, oh boy, what I do you got? That train of coming. What do you got? It's it's rolling around the bend. I, I I've got some nitpicks. Are we ready? Do Are it. we ready to pull the train in? Let's do it. I don't have anything else. You have anything else? Any of the big things? I, I don't does everything wrong? else. Let's talk no, some nitpicks, no, Jack. A... What are you nitpicking? You cannot hotwire a car by just jamming a, dry, jamming a screwdriver into the ignition. That is not how that works. I tried it the other day. Didn't work. Can can <laughs> confirm. He like even goes to the trouble of because what you, right you actually use a screwdriver to pry open that panel so you can get to the wires and maybe do and something. He's there. just like they, fuck it, boom. They understand, like, half of what it's supposed to look like, because he jams it in there and pries it. Yep. But then just, like, the pry... Okay, now I turn it. Now it's a key. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a lock-picking situation. You just keep using the same thing and just twist. 
Yeah, totally. Exactly. Well, if you're led to believe that some of the other weirdness in this universe can happen, then uh, perhaps that's how you hotwire a car there, Jack. <laughs> it hobs yeah. in. Jesus Christ. So that was... Sure. I mean, infuriating. Uh, granted, I'll grant that one. It's fucked up. <laughs> um, burning the manuscript, which looks to be hundreds of pages. One page at a time in the fucking sink of a motel bathroom. Just throw it in the bathtub. It's You're right next to the fucking tub. Yeah. That must have taken hours. He was going at about a page every four seconds. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. What are you doing, Sam Neill? I don't know. Um, <laughs> all of the news broadcasts that they play are either purely exposition. I mean, they're all purely exposition. Yeah, I was going to say. They they play a lot of news broadcasts, but yeah. they're all either just directly one thing. Here's what you need to know right now. Like from that Donald Duck cartoon, right? Attention, there's a gorilla on the loose. That, that is, is all. all. <laughs> or they're, they're trying to show you like a regular news program that might transition. Oh, a program. A program. I have a yeah. nitpick, Jack. It's with how you said program. <laughs> Very un-American. But they, but they put, it's the, I cannot imagine the way this show was put together. Towards the end of the movie, there's one where when he gets back to the town and everything's crazy, uh-huh. the, the broad, the radio broadcast is, there's an epidemic, or it's first, hey, here's a book review. Of, of the late Sutter Kane's latest book. Yeah. The movie's coming out soon, and it's a pretty good book. In other news, there's a massive crime wave and an epidemic of schizophrenia, and people are murdering each other in the streets. Here's a special report. We we generally put that right next to book reports. I like it. Or reviews, I guess. I guess they're not reports on the news. The reports. <laughs> book reports. <laughs> yeah? I don't know, man. I guess I'll grant that one, too. Yeah. I don't, I don't have too many other nitpicks. I, oh, there's a scene where he and, I can't remember her name, Sam Neill, whose character name I've never known, and uh, and the, the <laughs> woman whose actress and character name I've never known. This is Check tremendous. into the motel in, in the small fake town, right? Okay. She says, be careful, that board is a little loose. That board is not a little loose. The board moves up four inches when he steps. It's on a fucking hinge. That's the most absurd thing I've ever seen. And the board is not a little bit loose. No. So for the, for the purposes of of just being professional, for professionalism's sake. Yeah. Sam Neill plays John Trent. Okay. Linda, his the editor, Linda Stiles is played by Julie Carmen. Okay. There you go. Done. Appreciate it. Done. Julie Charlton Stiles. Heston's oh. in this movie, you guys. That's not a nitpick. That's the opposite of a nitpick. So is Francis Bay, the grandma, from every movie that's ever had a grandma from that era. Also the opposite of a nitpick. Yeah. It's the small touches. Well, I, that's kind of the end of my, my nitpick train. You're done? That's 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 the caboose on my nitpick. Do you have anything else to say? Not a lot. Look, I... I didn't have that much fun. Wow, whoa, 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 whoa. Rating spoilers. Damn. Okay. You want to just do it? Let's just go there. Oh, okay. We over at A to Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. 
For one, think of how you'd rate how seriously Anthony Bourdain takes Guy Fieri. When was the last time you remember just like laughing to cry, screaming laughing? Mm. I, uh... Guy Fieri's tweet that he was on his way to a Nickelback concert. <laughs> that was like the funniest fucking thing. I'm, of course, of course. Oh, oh my God. It, seldom have the planets, seldom have the planets aligned so beautifully. You know, it's like. And for 10, think of how the jinx would rate the likelihood that he killed them all. Mm-hmm. Killed them all. Of course. Stories, the first category in which rate these movies. Jake. Yeah. This wasn't your pick, but yeah. you're still going to rate it for story because you made me do the uh, plots. That's fine. So. We'll treat it like it was your pick. Uh, I'm going to go with a seven for story. I think that this is actually I, I kind of led on that. I, I liked this from a conceptual standpoint when we talked about what the movie did right. Standing by that now, following through on it. Pretty high concept is trying to do quite a few things with Lovecraft uni- universe. You mentioned a few things that it did where it's kind of paying homage to other things. Obviously, there's a Stephen King element and. Generally speaking, it is kind of hard to do that, and I think that they towed the line well, at least from that conceptual standpoint. Another qualifier, for the most part. That's why it's a 7 and not necessarily higher, but kudos overall. I couldn't agree anymore. I give it a 7 as well. Hey-o. I think they do a cool job of tying into the the world of horror writ large. They do a good job of psychologically fucking with you here. It's certainly not perfect, but it's good. 7. Great. World building and immersion this is our second category, Jake. What's that score? Um, not as high, Jack. Not as high. I kind of <laughs> no mentioned shit. in the other segment of the review that I had a tough time with the pacing of the movie. I'm not really sure I'm vamping a bit. I'm going to give it a four. It's not okay. terrible. I was okay. able, there were, what it did well was there were plenty of scenes where I was able to kind of jump in and take some enjoyment from. But then there were so many examples of things that were happening where I just kind of popped right back out and was, frankly, I was on my phone a few times. Damn just, sure right about were, that. There were ebbs and flows to this thing from an immersion standpoint. So ultimately not quite at average, but it wasn't terrible either. Not the worst thing I've ever seen. Or It's definitely not the worst, but it was much more ebb than flow. Okay. Uh, that's the, the, much more the bad one than the good one. It, right? was, the, much it more was the chaff. chaff than we. Yeah. Um, I gave it a three. Okay. A lot of that is, I mean, not a lot of it. It's just not that immersive a movie. It's hard to deal with. There's a lot of the shit we talked about that's just like, especially the, (laughs) (laughs) what, uh, it was my child that did this, my five-year-old or whatever, whatever I said. That was with way more inflection. Uh, (laughs) This was done by a five-year-old, my five-year-old. It just rips you out. Then that whole scene with him diving through the ripped up pages of a book through a blue tunnel of monsters and lightning is was ridiculous. Awesome. <laughs> the music was really hurting my immersion. Uh, that stupid fucking generic guitar. It was awesome. Rock. I should oh, actually so I should actually bump my score up. Four and a half. <laughs> God I was it. so immersed. Uh, I'm trying scene. not to I'm trying not to count that here because I, I don't want to double penalize it. I'm going to hit it for effects. Uh, in that department, so well, uh, do it uh, trying not to double penalize it. Well, I bumped um, my score up. Okay, you bumped your score up, and just general nineties of it hurts it for me. It's hard to hard to get that into it when it's this nineties for me. Too much. Ooh, wait, we have breaking news. Oh boy, Mark actually gave us ratings. Should we give him the satisfaction of actually relaying what those are? Ah, uh, yeah, I could use a laugh. 
Okay, so we've gone through story and immersion. Story, he gave this thing an eight. I think he was, generally speaking, on the same page as us. Immersion sure. score. Now, Mark is a dickhead who loves shit from the 90s. So let's play a guessing game for the rest of this. I'm sorry. Immersion oh, score. Christ. What do you think he okay. would have given it? Something, yeah, immersion. He was probably not unreasonable. On certainly not reasonable. Probably like a six, five and a half. He did, he did pretty okay. well. Certainly more immersed okay. than us. Um, <laughs> he mentioned that it didn't really age well, but still, quote, remarkably watchable. Jesus Christ! It's like because Stella, it's, it's like the Stella Artois of fucking movie immersion. <laughs> In that Canadian wife beaters like it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know where you came up with that one, but okay. Stella's like a skinhead scumbag beer. I didn't know yeah. that. I knew it was like it skewed younger. It, no, it's like a scumbag beer. Or it was. Oh. Maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we were young at some point. <laughs> All right. Jack, uh, let me get us back us. into it. Scare Factor's next. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to give it a four for Scare Factor. Okay. Not tremendously high because this delves so far into just the plain old weird category. Yeah, But there are plenty of scenes where I think it does a really good job. I actually feel a little bit bad that I'm giving it this low of a score. I feel like it could easily be higher. However, I can't do that. The scenes that it had that did it, did it well. But there were not enough of them to give it a higher score, in my opinion. Yeah, man, I got to tell you what, we're on the same wavelength. I give it a four as well. Um, Apart from the few scenes that work really well, the only thing that's scary, there's no... Is, is the, the concept of it, right? This you don't know if you're going crazy or not. And that doesn't work in a movie that's not as immersive. And this one isn't immersive. So that doesn't really get points for making me think that because I just get, right. nope, if I were crazy, I wouldn't realize how ridiculous this is. <laughs> right. Okay. What did our compatriot who is probably turning into Salmon right now, what did he give it? He gave this some stupid shit like a seven. Uh, he gave it a four. <laughs> Oh, circled shit. Okay, we really circled the wagons on that one, yeah. <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Our penultimate category is effects or judicious lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Jake, hit us with your effects score. I feel a little bit bad about this one, too. <laughs> okay. I'm going with a seven. Whoa, that's too I high. liked the rock music at the start, Jack. I'm not Did- really... I am. Fuck it. I'm I'm including that here, even though I already bumped up. I gave these ratings before I bumped it up after Fuck you convinced you. me that's included. Uh, I kind of hear what you're saying. The rest of the score, I can't even remember, but that shit was awesome. Outside of that, there were a few instances, particularly when they use CG, where it didn't look good. That's what's keeping it from getting a higher rating, obviously. But I thought, by and large, and for the time that it was made in, it looked really good, and I'm always going to probably artificially inflate this when you have a preponderance of practical effects which there were i'm really focusing in on the eye stuff a lot of the makeup was really good set design was great it's not bad i'll agree with you there i give it a five (laughs) it's not it's not bad okay um i it loses points for the score for me no no it loses points for the mixing maybe not a huge number of points because i can't say that's on them and not on amazon okay but the just the sound editing was poor i think poor it does do a good job of having a lot of practical effects and going for the gusto with the practical effects that's cool yeah some of the practical effects actively look bad we've talked about some of those yeah um so that's hit or miss and then the cg looks like dog shit when they do that so cg doesn't look good look i can't i can't give it better than a five 
as much respect as I have for the effects they were going for. And are you? I'm giving it a five. You're giving it a five. Yep. Okay, what'd Mark do? <sighs> Mark gave this a fucking eight because he's a jackass moron. He gave it a six. Oh. So I was actually the Shit, highest. I'm, I'm really, I'm really selling, cutting Mark to the quick here, and he's he's uh, not that far off. No, he's not. Okay, Jack. Okay. Our last oh, category shit. overall. It's the overall. I'm turning Jake, the tides. What, give it what are you giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a five okay. overall, which I think gets a lot of credit for the story and the concept and for having Sam Neill in it. I didn't really love watching it. I didn't dislike watching it the way I have some other movies of this era, but I I don't know. It's not one I'm at all in any way eager to revisit, and it's not one I'm particularly stoked to have revisited. It's just a... It's it's a movie that filled my time. That's it good filled your time. That's, kind of, yeah. that's like the biggest insult you could actually pay a movie. <laughs> it filled the time. Um, I might not even remember that I didn't love this the next time we talk about it. Oh, no, you won't. I'm going to ask you later tonight. (laughs) You're not even going to know what the name of the movie is. What did you give it? I gave it a six. I think this is a movie that conceptually I enjoy more than executionally. Yeah, Um, I think that's fair. When I think about what this movie is and does, I am positive if it's black or white. I'm positive on it. It's generally a thumbs up for me. And that's kind of what it was like. I knew I had seen it before. I knew that I was vaguely positive about it. I think I feel the same way now. And to your point, if you ask me about what my thoughts are a month from now, it's probably going to be what I give you. Granted, I can look back on the ratings and give you a little bit more if I have to, but I'm a little bit above average on this one. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, Mark. Okay. I think he had some kind of desire to keep his ratings consistent i can't remember what those ratings were i think mark gave this a seven a desire to keep his ratings consistent yeah with what he also like he wanted to keep the overall a reasonable average of his other ratings oh you mean he didn't just want to give it a crazy tilt in either direction right he gave it a six okay yeah that's uh i i would expect on a movie like this and how i felt about it mark and i to be way different given just the sheer fucking 90s-ness of this goddamn thing. Yeah, the sheer 90s-ness. It's not the most 90s movie I've ever seen. It's also not <laughs> found footage, there. so you're not going to be able to disagree on all that much. There's a cap. Let's just put it that way. It's not found sure. footage 3D. <laughs> Mark's not here. We gave it the same score, I guess. Mark's not here. Yeah. I gave it the highest score, so I get to tell you why you should watch this movie with your buddies and drinks and beers. I think some of that 90s that you just mentioned actually plays pretty well when you're with a crowd. It's such a goofy era that that helps. And some of the misgivings, I think, are probably going to be a little bit deadened by the fact that you're watching it with friends. The other thing that I want to say here is that some of these movies with like a descent into madness, crazy things are happening. That helps to have buddies over it just kind of like sit through especially when you consider some of the pacing issues of this because you don't have to pay attention to this movie 100 percent of the time if you do you're not going to know what's happening if you don't you're still not going to know what's happening obviously interesting want to interject i do i think the descent into madness cuts the other way uh as well and i actually think it cuts that way more these descent into madness movies only really work when you feel that descent right along with them and you feel the the losing your grip on sanity. And that doesn't happen if you're making fun of 
how Sam Neil Sam Neil is with your drunk buds. So that ah, cuts both ways. Ah, but you're going to be making fun of how Sam Neil Sam Neil is with your buds. That's true. That's true. But if you want to go that direction, there are way more 90s movies to watch. Congo comes to mind, and they're way more absurd. This one's just so no, Sam Neil. It does have Sam Neil. But like it's just, like like I said, like we both said, we're gonna forget about our thoughts on this movie either way. It's just if you want to go that way from this era, there's way more absurd shit and there's way better shit. There's just there's no reason to pick this one as the one you. Watch. I guess my final rebuttal to that is just that you're more likely to remember it if you are having that experience with people and doing that. Hey, we're gonna make fun of Sam Neil for how Sam Neil is, etc sort of experience than if you just sit down on your couch and you watch it like you would something like The Shining, which is a great movie to watch by yourself that does follow a Descent into Madness type trajectory. I think they're pretty different movies in that respect, just in terms of like sure. how they would hit you if you were to watch it with a group of people. That's where we're going to sure. leave it. We can't pick a winner. I'm going to task Mark with fucking listening to this, and next episode <laughs> he's got to pick one. That's not going to happen. Or the listeners could tweet at us. Yeah, I guess you could do that. Yeah, tweet at us. Who won? Fucking Jack. Tweet us that Jack won. And while you're tweeting at us, why don't you tweet about the podcast in general? Yeah. Like the podcast. Give us a rating. Jake, Jake. Just tell somebody about it. Ending. Oh, we're we're already getting out of it. No, no, we're not. Oh, why, Jack? Because what the fuck are we watching next Uh, week? We have no idea. Well, we're getting into December. It's December 4th now when this comes out. I'm glad you mentioned this, Jack. What we're going to do for the rest of the month. <laughs> oh, good. You're glad I mentioned a thing that we had to mention? Yeah, sure. <laughs> is we have three weeks left in the month, like I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted. Why don't each of us just pick a holiday horror movie? That sounds pretty good. It sounds great. Mark's not here, though. Mark's not here, though. I'll pick the first one. Okay. I'm on and deck so first because we'll we one treated now. you like, I'll pick the first one right now. Good. I'm going to go with one that I'm thinking I'm going to go with one that's probably a little less known, but I don't think it should be as okay. is my and want, I guess, on this show. It's a Christmas horror movie, as I think you said. They all have to be. I guess well, they, they, could be, be... they could be like Kwanzaa or whatever. Happy holidays. I'm unaware of any Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or any other religions winter holiday horror. Movie. There has to be a Hanukkah one. I'm sure there is. I just am unaware of it. Well. Maybe you Maybe can that's pick one. Me an idea it. for what to pick. I'm not. Okay. Mine is Christmassy. The movie I am picking is Rare Exports. Oh, interesting. We are gonna watch Ooh. that. Okay. Now let's get out of here. That sounds right. Like I was already saying. Well, okay. This is episode 66 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Yes. To check out all the stuff that we have going on, head on over to a to z horror.com. This review will be there. This month's horror release roundup will be there. Tons of great shit will be there. While you're at it, like I already said, head on over to your podcasting app of choice. Like the podcast. Give us a rating. Or if you really want to help us out, just go ahead and tell somebody you know who enjoys horror about the podcast. Believe it or not, that really does help. Yep. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, this is coming at you as it always does from the Phantom Podcast Network. Check out all the awesome shows over at downrightcreepy.com slash phantom or on the channel's SoundCloud. What? Channel? Uh, the yeah. channel's SoundCloud channel. <laughs> Good work. As we just set up, the next movie that's going to be coming at you is getting us into our holiday horror. 
We're checking out Rare Exports, and that's going to be coming at you next week. So until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Adjacent to the jowls of lunacy.